0: Thanks, Lucas. When I'm not listening nonstop to Donda, I'm Lucas Whitney. And fellas, I'm joined, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, whatever, I'm tired. I'm joined not only by my co spartan dog 97.12. Actually, Lucas, um, I'm spartan dog
1: 97.16. Uh, spartan dog 97.12 took ivermectin and um, shit his lungs out of his ass.
0: <laughs> oh, so we got another firmware upgrade. Yes. Okay, so .16, and folks, we have our our good friend, our former co-host, Odell Bretham Jr. He is back with us to talk MSU football. Brett, thank you so much for joining us, man.
2: It is the pleasure of a lifetime to be back on this illustrious pod. I am absolutely thrilled, and you know what, I'll actually, later in the pod, I'll kind of tease something we're going to do for uh, to celebrate the new Michigan State Athletic Director, so We'll make that a bacon wire exclusive.
1: Ooh. Uh Lucas, Q the Boys are back in town. Uh, we have we have the greatest propagandist, uh, <laughs> this side of Joseph Gerbles on the pod with us. It's great to have you back, Brett. We missed you. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm gonna take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. Ask couch ask couch Porter about Joseph Goebbels. He'll he'll he won't shut the fuck
0: up about him. <laughs> so let's let's get right into the nitty-gritty, fellas. We are I'd say a little over 48 hours away from kickoff. MSU at Northwestern. Um 9 p.m. What network is it on? Is it on Big Ten?
1: ESPN. Yep, ESPN. ESPN.
0: Okay, my bad. Um show prep is not my strength. Um
1: it wasn't mine either, so <laughs>
0: So I want to I start off by asking the question that we all have been wanting to ask Mel Tucker. He did not say it yesterday. I think we're going to find out probably maybe an hour or two before kickoff, maybe even at kickoff. Who do you think starting? I will defer,
2: I'll, I'll defer to Brett.
0: Yeah, Brett, um, you go first.
2: Yeah, that, that it's a million-dollar question. I mean, I think people have kind of heard both things, whether it's going to be Thorne or it's going to be Russo, but I mean, either one, I think that both guys can kind of get the job done. They've looked really good. I mean, I was at the open practice about a week ago. um, So shout out to Bobby Shmurda. How about a week ago? (laughs) Yes. I mean, both, both guys look good. I think Russo, he's really going to thrive. If he's the the guy, I mean, with the deep ball, I think that that's his, his strength. I think Thorne, he's going to be probably more accurate. um, Probably a little bit more cerebral with his reads. um, So both guys kind of do things a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll find out probably right at game time. Who knows the first snap might not, it might be out of the wildcat. So Mm -hmm. we'll kind of, we'll kind of see what they do there.
1: Interesting. As, as people may know, um, I am a member of, uh, the GABA gang I've called it. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of the Russo hive. Uh, I think Anthony Russo is going to start. And frankly, I want Anthony Russo to start because uh, you know, Brett, I, I didn't go to the open practice because you know I'm not I'm, I don't work for machine State athletics like you seem to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know from the from the clips that that journalists have posted uh, from from it in, you know, just based on the rumblings coming out of practice, out of practices, the feeling I get is, uh, Peyton Thorne is more of your more of your typical game manager Tony Romo type quarterback, where he's not going to do anything flashy, uh, but he's going to do what he ha- he's going to do what he's asked to do and move the ball fairly efficiently up and down the field. Um, and I for one would like to be the first to say uh, fuck that. Uh, I would like I would like the guy with the big arm. And uh, you know, I would like to be one with the vibe, the Anthony Russo vibe. And you know, if he punches Snooki out on the dance floor at a club on the Jersey Shore, that's fine. <laughs> if he if he throws sixty yard bombs to, well, I I guess not Ricky White, but uh, uh, if he throws eighty yard bombs, sweet. You know, I, I'm willing to live and die by Anthony Russo. And I think Tucker is too, which is why you brought him in. I don't think, I don't think Russo would leave temple and come to Michigan state where he's had frankly, a lot of success. If, if Tucker didn't feel confident that he was going to be the guy who was going to be under center, um, at least for the first series. I don't think, I don't think Tucker, I don't think Tucker and Jay Johnson are going to are going to fuck around with the two quarterback system uh, all that much. Uh, I mean, based on how they, how long they stuck with Rocky last year, I, I have a feeling it's
0: going to be Russo on Friday. I, I think it's Russo, but I think he's going to have a shorter leash than you think. Um, now, Now I think it's Russo off the bat because I think we've discussed over the, you know, months that, you don't bring a guy in like him to expect him to ride the bench. You bring him in to push Thorne and Cam and Faye, you know, they're, you know, on the lower end, but you know, they're going to get better. Well, I think Faye will for sure. And, um, uh, that sounded bad, but you know what I mean? Um, I, I think it's going to be on a, not nearly game to game basis, but like say Russo comes out and balls out Friday night. I think it's like, okay, he's safe for a couple games, but, if he sucks against Northwestern and then he sucks against um, Youngstown state in a week, I think that there's going to be a lot of internal rumblings to give Thorne a shot at the Miami game. And I know that would be a big stage, but you know, we've seen Thorne, I thought Thorne did well in the limited time that he, that he had Um, maybe not Miami, you know, unless Miami just comes out and sucks ass against Alabama and they're just awful. But I, I think that's Which where is
1: very possible. I mean, that is extremely possible.
0: I mean, they're about a 20 point underdog and I have a tough time picking Alabama to to not cover that type of opening season game. We've seen it so many times, but um, going back to Russo or Thorne, I would be fine with either one. But I think it's I think we're going to see Russo with the script state helmet on to start the game.
2: Yeah, and kind of one note, kind of what SD said in terms of going with the guy with the big arm. One uh, reporter I kind of talked with at the open practice mentioned that it's comparable to kind of the Rocky situation. That Rocky, that's kind of his one strength was his deep ball. So in terms of like if you're going to be wowed by something, is it do you, do you try to take that the deep ball or do you try to go with the guy who potentially doesn't have that deep ball but everything else is going to be better? So it's it. I can kind of see it going both ways here, but I don't think this is going to be settled. I mean, unless whoever starts against Northwestern comes out and dominates, if we win by, we win the game or we just dominate the whole time, win by a couple scores there. I mean, I think that we could potentially be seeing this kick back up against Miami if things go south. So I don't think this is, this is even close to being over. Oh, no. It
1: sounds like, it sounds like the two of you are predicting a lot of instability on September 11th.
0: Oh,
2: I think that that God. game is going to be pretty <laughs> smooth.
1: Um, I'm going to need to
0: start editing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the partying bullshit yeah. era, baby. We're here. I
2: don't, um, I don't know how to... Uh,
0: anyway, and we're going to move on. Uh, okay, another question I have for both of you. What, is, what, what unit of the team are you looking forward to seeing the most? Like, running backs, receivers, front line, you know front lines, the MAGA trenches, et cetera. like what Brett, what group do you want to see the most on Friday night like in terms of improvements or just curiosity?
2: Yeah, I would say probably for uh, – I'll kind of give two answers. I think for improvement, I want to see the offensive line. I think Coach Cappy's done a great job wherever he's been, whether it's North Carolina, Colorado, kind of that second year is when they take a massive jump, whether it's coming from like – I think Colorado, you went from like 119 to somewhere in the 20s in terms yeah, of offensive right. line rate. Yeah, so I mean, I, I really want to see the improvement from them. In terms of kind of the group I'm most looking forward to watching, I would probably say – it's got to be probably the linebackers are secondary. I mean, the linebackers last year were so bad. And then obviously they improved so much with Crouch and BVS. And I think you potentially have Tank Brown, who plays that kind of three, four kind of linebacker guy. Um, so I, I really think that that's going to be an area where things improve. And I think cornerback, I think cornerback is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Ronald Williams, I mean, a year ago, he was trying to cover Devonta Smith down at Alabama. And now he gets to come over to East Lansing and he's not going to have to deal with that. So he's really going to, I mean, I think he's really going to shine. Chester Kimbrough, he looked really good. Even Charles Brantley, uh, Chuck Brantley, the 2021, um, one of our commits from Florida. I mean, he, he, I mean, he's built small. He might weigh 140 pounds. That's probably being very, very like nice, but I mean, the dude can hit, he knows how to play his position. He's got great techniques. So yeah, I think that kind of linebackers and secondary, that's where I'm really going to be focused on and just looking for those improvement. Cause every good team we've had, like you have the no fly zone, you've had some terrific linebackers. So yeah, I think that that's, that's something I'm really, I'm looking forward to just having a great defense again. It's just fun.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I, I think the position I'm most excited for and you know, it's not it's not a sexy pick per se, um, especially if we're gonna use you know big armed, uh, big armed Russo hashtag Gaba Gang uh, get it <laughs> trending. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, what Tucker and Jay Johnson do with the running back core this year because not only are they returning uh, Jordan Simmons, who was great in spurts last year, and you know Eli Collins is back. He's looking great after you know we kind of had. kind of had some long COVID issues going on, Uh, but they brought in two terrific transfers in Kenneth Walker and and Harold Joyner and, you know, they all kind of do things a little differently, a little better than each other. So, you know, I'm going to be interesting to see what kind of gadget plays they run up, you know, where they kind of place all these guys on the field because, you know, in the running back room, we kind of got a, there's only one ball situation going on right now. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Michigan state has a lot of good backs and you know, hopefully uh, hopefully Eli can kind of get his legs back out from under him. um, Now that he's got an actual strength and conditioning program and is, you know, kind of recovered from kind of recovered from COVID and, you know, Jordan Simmons was very promising last year as a freshman filling in for Eli. Um, I'm excited to see how they use him out of the backfield and, you know, I'm just excited to see Kenneth kind of Walker uh, run over some other fuckers, man. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, to see him run off tackle and hit holes and kind of do things Le'Veon Bell used to do. You know, I, I'm kind of setting expectations a little high, a little early, I feel like. But, you know, I want, you know, we haven't had a, we haven't really had a solid downhill runner since Jeremy Langford left. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how, to see how that goes.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think going off that, sorry. Go go ahead, Brad. Yeah, so I I think kind of going off that, I mean, if you get a, a good running game, that raises the floor of what the team can be so much. So, I mean, if you have, Kenneth kind of Walker, he's going to be a stud. I mean, just what, hearing what guys have to say about him, what he was able to do at Wake Forest of all places. Um, I mean, he 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 was really good there. So I think him coming in here, then if you can have a backup like Eli Collins as a freshman, he looked like the real deal. Now he's back healthy. He's recovered from uh, the long COVID. Um, he's got better offensive line in front of him, better scheme, better quarterback. And then, I mean, Harold Joyner, I think he jumped Jordan Simmons on the depth chart, and he is a freak athlete. Like, I mean, he's – I'm not going to say skill-wise or just build-wise, but, I mean, he he has the size of Derrick Henry, where he's at 6'2", 6'3", and just, like, towers over everybody. He's faster than everybody. So – and he's, he's a chess piece. You can kind of move him in H back spot. You can have him line up in the backfield, move him out wide. So, I think that the run game, I think that's what we always kind of had. You, you have a good run game, and it just raises the floor of every other position. So, that that's going to be fun. I just really hope that we can kind of go to that – I don't want to be that team that runs the ball a million times a game, but if you have the option to kind of just have an eight minute drive there, I think that's going to really, really improve the odds of us winning multiple games.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Spartan Dog again. You know, I'm curious to see the running backs. I want to see how this works out. Like, I, I've, I'm not going to say it's the 2010 team yet, but it reminds me of 2010. You know, you had um, Larry Caper, you had Baker, you had Bell you had this three headed monster who each brought their own unique aspect of things. You know, bell was just like, wasn't the fastest, but he could burn, he could blow through the line. you know, like a bowling ball. You had uh, Baker who was just kind of the breakaway speed and caper was kind of like in the middle, more breakaway speed, but kind of like a perfect combination, like a cosmic gumbo of the two. And (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm throwing in, I think you should leave references, Brett. So if you don't get them, uh, Spartan dog knows him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, four running backs is very, very, uh, yeah, we're going to have a – there might be a transfer too in the offseason, but I really want to see Walker, like Will Will Hunter, you know, not rest in peace, but rest in peace to lock down Spartans Will Hunter. And I'm still listening, Sheehan, um, but, you know, Will Hunter is, was riding the Kenneth Walker train as soon as the kid came on board. So, I mean, I'm really interested to see what he looks like. And same with Harold Joyner. And like I said, with, um, with Russo and Thorne, it can only help make Collins and Simmons better running backs, whether they grind it out here or they decide to go somewhere else, it can only make them better. Um, And yeah, like I, I really, you know, agree with you on the whole, a, a better, a great running back situation can elevate like, it could add a win or two. Like, I think the 2010 team, I don't like to say they overachieved, but, I mean, that team kind of caught lightning in a bottle and won 11-1. and won. We weren't expecting that. They were fucking undefeated. Like, Lee Corso had them as the best team in America before they got their shit pumped by Iowa, and... I think that having that three headed monster at running back bell Baker caper gave them probably another one to two wins, maybe more. I'm not, I'm not going to downplay any importance of Kirk and, and the receiving receiving group and the defense, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see who starts it or like how the running back attack is going to go. And, and I swear to God, if Connor Hayward gets snaps at the running back, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to smash. I, I, I don't, Hate any player. I'm not trying to hate on a kid, but I swear to God, if he gets snaps, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at the fucking TV.
1: The <laughs> only the only kid this podcast hates on is Amani Bates. That's the only that's the only vendetta this podcast has against it
2: against the college
0: age waffling, waffling flake. Yeah, waffling
2: flake. Waffling oh, yeah. flake. <laughs> um, Fake high school Bishop Sycamore one big <laughs>
0: <laughs> trash. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I have two other things. I was thinking we could go do like a quick game by game prediction or like, kind of like maybe our predictions, like for the season as a whole with like a record. I don't know if you want to talk about Alan Holler just yet. I mean, we can do, we can talk about our predictions, then maybe finish with touching on Alan Holler. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So game by game predictions, we're going to burn through them. Okay. Michigan State. and Okay. Why do I say Michigan State? You fucking idiot. Um Northwestern. Do we think it's a win or loss? I say it's a win.
1: Yeah, Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern lost way too much talent last offseason. And and
0: and it's it's a not it's an uh it's every other year. Northwestern tends to suck really bad. And we're on the year where they suck really bad. So until you prove me wrong, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, Dan. I mean,
1: Pat Fitzgerald always manages to get Cinderella to the ball, but it always manages. But it also always manages to strike midnight. And this year is going to be the year where it strikes midnight. So, uh, I think, I think, I think Northwestern is going to be probably going to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten this year, Um, just based on just based on how much production they lost. And Uh, and
0: and the line was like what almost nine nine and a half when we first got a preview of what the season could be and now it's down to three three and a half four so obviously people are betting state and that's pushing the line but um I mean you just got to follow the money right I mean yeah.
1: like a bunch of assholes like us don't move the line the, the sharks move the line and all the sharks are obviously obviously think a little I think higher Michigan State than than the people who set the line did So
0: right.
1: you know You got to follow the money
0: So we're all in agreement on, on a win There um, Absolutely, I, I think we're all in agreement on September 11th that Youngstown State game I think that's I'm not going to talk about I'll let, I'll let Spartan Dog talk about 9-11 um, <laughs> it, That we, fuel doesn't
1: melt steel Beams but Kenneth Walker Will melt Youngstown State's defense <laughs> So we're all agreeing. agreement. Agree. I am going to be on fucking fire that day. Oh, just Lord. like the Pentagon.
2: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> so that's going to be, that's gonna be a, a very fun win.
0: I might want to hold this to edit tomorrow night before I release this. Yeah, <laughs> so you I am United 93 with okay. on this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> September 18th, uh, Miami, Florida. I'm going to put it as a loss. I don't, I don't I don't, see them winning this game, even if Miami's not that good. I just think going down there and how fucking hot it is, I mean, not that Michigan State isn't used to it. You know, they have better conditioning. But I just – I don't see this as a win until I literally see a win on the scoreboard.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to kind of I – I forgot who mentioned it earlier, but I think it's going to kind of really depend on how like Miami's game goes against Alabama. I think if, like, Alabama does what they do to – like 99% of their teams, the wheels could really fall off here. Um, yeah. So I, I think it depends. I'm, I would mark it up just to play it safe. I, I would say it, it's probably going to be a loss, but I don't think it's like a foregone conclusion. That's a loss.
0: Not anymore.
2: No, it's not like the Ohio state game.
0: Well, and, and we don't know how healthy Derek King is going to be. So, right. so I feel like we're going to need to break
1: consensus at some point. So here's where I'm going to break consensus. I think Michigan State's going to win. Ooh, and here's, and here's why. I feel like every year, uh, like the sexy pick for everyone to be like, watch the sexy pick for a sleeper, for a sleeper team to watch out for is Miami, right? Yeah. And there's good reason for that, right? Miami is yeah. a legendary program. They've had a lot of success. They've turned out a lot of great NFL players. The uniforms are cool. They play in Miami. It's fucking awesome. Right. But like, I just don't think Manny Diaz is a good coach. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think, I don't think a Manny Diaz led team is going to, is going to be able to even come close to sniffing Clemson's jock in the ACC. So I just don't, I don't trust Manny Diaz to be honest with you. I don't trust the Eric King. I, I, I think, I think they're going to get spanked by Bama. I think they're going to fumble in their second game a little bit. And I think I think the wheels are going to start to come off. I don't – I really don't see this Miami team living up to expectations. I mean, it's how many times – you know, I feel like I – I feel like the SpongeBob mean, like how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like <laughs> – like I. Well, I really don't think Miami's gonna be all that this year. I really don't, I don't trust I don't trust Manny Diaz as far as I can throw him. I don't.
0: Well, the the only thing is like the law of average, like, and I keep saying this to myself, and I'm a Nick Saban fan. The law of averages has to eventually eventually Alabama will bottom out and bottom out probably be like you know, win eight games a year for a little bit. I mean, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen, but the thing I keep looking at the Alabama Miami game is the one thing that might let Miami at least cover the game is Bill O'Brien is not an offensive genius. <laughs> he is the new <laughs> offensive coordinator for Alabama.
1: That's, that's, that's very kind of you to say, Bill. O'Brien. Lucas. I mean, that, I think that's I, the nicest
2: thing anyone's ever said.
0: I, I'm not, I'm Bill not going to comment on, on anything else, you know, but once I remembered that Bill O'Brien was the head, the offensive coordinator, I'm like, you know, might not be bad to sprinkle. I'm not a huge better. So maybe 10 bucks on the, on the cover for Miami to just cover and lose by 17 points like make it a close game at the end. But until Bill O'Brien proves me wrong, I'm not going to buy it. But... I mean, listen,
1: De'Ara King draws a lot of comparisons to the Sean Watson and for six and for Deshaun Watson's uh-huh. entire NFL career, Bill O'Brien has managed to handicap him in one way or another. So I think yeah. I think Alabama's gonna have gonna have no problem stopping stopping Miami.
0: True. Okay. Now this game I had as a loss a couple months ago, but I'm sorry. We better not fucking lose to Nebraska. If oh. there, there is a problem if we lose to Nebraska. There is a there is a fundamental problem with Mel Tucker's system if we lose to Nebraska. Scott Frost. This should be a game where I'm not saying we're going to win 49 to 14, but I think we can win by at least two scores, and maybe that's the game where they where Nebraska pulls Elaine Kiffin at USC and they leave him at the bus terminal in East Lansing or the airport. His buyout,
1: his buyout's too big. I mean, that's the that's I, the fun thing about that's the fun thing about uh, college football coaches is like no matter how bad they are, like you can't get them to fucking leave now. Yeah. Like, it, like I think I think there's gonna be uh, a market correction sometime soon. Although I don't know, Jimbo Fisher just got a fucking ridiculous contract expen- extension uh. for doing nothing. I, I'm sorry, we have oh. to we have to we have to pull a timeout. That Jimbo Fisher contract extension is fucking ridiculous. He's not going anywhere else. Like, what are you what are you paying him more for? What did he do to deserve a raise?
0: He's got them very close. I'm not a Jimbo Fisher fanatic. Kevin Sumlin.
1: Kevin Sumlin had Texas A&M very close. If they didn't like, that's not exactly that's not exactly a glowing endorsement that you got Texas A&M very close. Well, Kevin Sumlin beat
0: Alabama. (laughs) Jimbo hasn't yet. I think Jimbo's got them close. So I'm I'm not like a Jimbo fanatic, but I think he's. I could see them sneaking in one year, like when it gets to 12, he's going to get in like a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it, when it gets to 12, Texas a m is going to be in there almost every year. I mean, so, they're going to be
0: like Alabama and Clemson. So but we don't then Nebraska, we're going to, sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off, but um, I am trying to cut you off. So uh, <laughs> Nebraska, do we all have that as a win now?
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay. for God's sakes.
0: Oh, if we don't, I'm going to be very nervous. Um, Western Kentucky is a very intriguing game. I think that could be a game where MSU barely wins. If it's, it's upset alert. I I really do. I really think it's upset alert. They got a really good team. They got a really good offense and a really good coordinator. That's a, that's an upset alert game. I think MSU is going to win on homecoming, but again, it's not going to be the ultimate shocker. If, if, if Western Kentucky walks out with a dub, it's going to be devastating to a point, but it's going to be like something like we should have seen it coming.
2: I agree with that. I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a W. Me too. I mean, I, I think that that is like the one game where he could get upset, but I think that we'll have enough guys to just kind of get it. Yeah. And I think if you really start off going three and one, I think that that's going to make that game a lot easier as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just don't – yeah, I just don't – I don't – like Western Kentucky could be a trap game, especially if they're rolling like this, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing I'd be worried about is, you know, uh, is, you know, the guys kind of walking around like their shit doesn't stink, you know, a little bit. So, you know, Western Kentucky, I mean, if they beat Miami, Western Kentucky immediately becomes a trap game. Yep. That's you know, because then they start looking ahead and you know they start doing, you know, they start playing, they start out playing, they start, you know, kind of outmaneuvering themselves a little bit. Western Kentucky has major trap game potential, especially if they beat Miami. Yeah, but I like I think the roster overhaul Tucker has has done this offseason is really gonna pay off in this game alone because I think the talent he brought in and you know, God bless those kids. I mean, if I got an offer to play football at Michigan state and have my tuition paid for, I don't know how I could have said no, but the guys, he, the guys who have left the program, like it's, you know, the. the, Right. I mean, it's a, it's a dramatic makeover and, you know, it, and going this far out is tough because you know there's there's a lot of stuff that plays in like injury luck things like that but you know if if Michigan State is healthy and they beat Miami this is this is automatically trap game this is this is an automatic trap game yeah. at night homecoming weekend i like like if i were writing a script about an underdog team like <laughs> it would be too cliche for me to do this, you know? So,
0: but for now we got as a, we all have, have as a win, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. He's subject to change. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, this one, oh, man, Rutgers, they're they at, they're at Rutgers. Uh, I don't know what to think. Shiano has been killing it in the transfer portal. And, but I don't think that last year's Rutgers game happens nine times out of 10. I think that was like what they what was it eight nine turnovers. Eight, it was
1: yeah something. It was unforgettable. Seven. I think it was I think it ended up being seven total turnovers. Seven
0: total turnovers. That doesn't happen again. I'm gonna give Mel the benefit of the doubt and give him a bounce back W, and that they're five and one for me at the halfway point of the year.
2: I'm gonna agree with Lucas there. I think that last year's game. I mean. We It wasn't pretty It was probably one of the ugliest games we'll ever see Ugh. But I think that that was due to us Turning the ball over Just a crazy amount of times Which is never going to happen again Or it really should never happen again But yeah, I think I, I'm going to go with a W there
1: I mean, here's where I'm going to break consensus again
2: uh,
1: <laughs> You know, I can't Like, I don't feel right Like just chalking up every game to be a W, right? Like, I obviously want like I obviously, you know, and if I think they're going to beat Miami, then I can't also say that like that Rutgers is going to be a cakewalk because I think the only coach who has done better in the transfer reporter than Mel Tucker has been Greg Shiano.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm giving them the W just because I don't think last year's game is going to be a pattern of what's to come against Rutgers. The only thing that's tripping me up is I think even without all the turnovers, I still
1: think Rutgers just when you take out the turnovers, right? I think Rutgers was the better team. Yeah, I can agree with that. And the roster t- and the roster this year is completely different. But I don't know. You know, like I said, it's hard predicting this far out because you don't know who's healthy. You know, you have no sense of momentum. But I can just, I can just see this game being. Uh, I can just see Rutgers. I can see Rutgers squeaking it out. I just, I have a bad feeling about this one. I don't know. I can't explain it.
0: Well, we all have a five and one halfway through. Now, here's one that I changed my mind on. At Indiana, you, can, I'm called MSU devotee. I think they're going to win. <coughs> I can't fucking stand Tom Allen. He's a fraud. This is a game to prove that he's a fucking fraud. And I like Michael Penix Jr. I hope his injury. I hope he's okay, but um, fuck Indiana, forks down, bitch. I, 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 I want MSU to win, so I really am not as scared of that game as I as I was a
2: couple months ago. I'm mean, marking that one up as a loss. Okay. I just think we six and one. I, I got to put a loss in there somewhere. Yeah, I think that could be uh potential because your the Rutgers game. I don't. I'm not going to dignify it saying it's like a rivalry or anything, but there's definitely bad blood between those two teams based off has been some sub tweets and recruits and whatnot. So yeah, um, think that they could be a momentum letdown potentially. I
1: have I have a financial interest in um, Indiana winning under seven and a half games this season. So in order for that to happen, this has to be one of the games they. This has to be one of the toss-up games that they lose. <laughs> so. I'm counting it as a win, not because I think Michigan State is the better team, um, but because I fucking hate Tom Allen and I need that fucking douchebag to come back down to earth. So, <laughs> you know, I, it's a personal it's a personal pick for me. I mean, all these picks are personal because, you know, I fucking went to school at Michigan State. But, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not exactly coming at this unbiased, you know. I didn't get – Spartan dog 97.16 doesn't have that firmware update yet. That's still in beta. That's still in beta. So maybe next time.
0: So the next game home against Michigan after a bye week. Um, This one I go back and forth on, but you know, for the sake of the pod, I don't believe in Jim Harbaugh. No one does until unless Michigan comes into this game undefeated I think MSU's got a shot. I'm MSU devotee. Once again, I'm putting it as a W. I think they're going to win. Unless Caden McNamara is literally a Heisman candidate coming in this game. I don't see Michigan coming into Spartan stadium and winning. And I think that this is the type of game. If, if Jim Harbaugh drops it, um, he's not going to get fired, but there's that's going to further the conversation at the end of the season for him to publicly step down, but privately pretty much be fired
2: yeah I agree I think this is going to be the defining game of the season just not based solely off of it's our rivalry game but also that I think this is going to be our most probably commanding victory I think the Michigan State's going to absolutely take it to Michigan um Ooh. I think at that point I think Michigan is going to be just like their program like their coaching staff I think they're just going to be dead I think they're going to lose two or three games leading up to this and <laughs> They're not going to have the juice. They're not going to have the juice when they come into East Lansing that day. Plus, coach uh, or analyst Ryan Osborne, the second we see you in EL, it's on site. So oh. I, don't think he, I don't think he wants these problems. I don't think the team wants these problems. I'm going to predict a three three touchdown victory over those waffling flight bums from Ann Arbor.
0: <laughs> we should all try to get tickets behind the Michigan section and just be like, Osborne.
2: Oh, cool.
0: sold
1: sold i'm in uh find a ticket find the tickets i'll buy find the tickets i'm in
0: okay oh you so, said bye we got it recorded I, that's
1: not <laughs> what i meant uh i'm gonna have to fall backwards on some bullets and get another firmware update uh <clears throat> so like i don't like if i don't trust manny diaz as far as i can throw him Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Like, it's hard to say Harbaugh is the most disappointing hire in college football when Scott Frost exists. But I think, I think when you look at the situation Harbaugh put him, Harbaugh found himself in, and the situation Scott Frost put himself in, when you go pound for pound, Harbaugh has been far more disappointing. I'm not just saying that to shit on Harbaugh. I mean, you look at it objectively, right? Scott Frost Scott Frost took over a Nebraska team That was That had bottomed out They were three and They were two and ten I think the year before he took over um, You know There was major talent deficiencies Major <coughs> Major major Deficiencies in the facilities uh, He's at a recruiting disadvantage Because He's They play in the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> You know, they have a passionate fan base and they have and they have, you know, they have boosters who are willing to sustain the program. But, you know, I think in Scott Frost case, I'm not necessarily ready to write Scott Frost off as a bad coach necessarily. I just think that this might have been a bit more. I think he might have just bit off a little more than he could chew. I think he needed like a lower P5 job before before coming home and being the savior i don't i think he kind of i think he he put a little too much dip on his chip
2: mm. so to yeah, say yeah I, I agree i agree with that he probably should have started off in a program like michigan and then <laughs> trying to <move> to Nebraska <laughs> the real the real uh, yeah
1: well no like a program like a like a wake forest or like uh yeah. or you know like a uh illinois yeah an illinois or an uh, Oregon state, right? Like, you know, like a program that's still power five and is still playing on massive stages, but doesn't necessarily carry the weight and expectations that a job like Nebraska does, especially for someone like him where he was the quarterback of their last national championship team. Um, <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh, on the other hand, say all you want about skinny legend, Brady Hoke. Uh he recruited well at Michigan. He was bringing in top ten classes regularly, yeah. and they bottomed out at they bottomed out at seven and six at six and seven. Right? They were five hundred in the regular season. They had a rich talent pool, and Harbaugh came in with all of the momentum in the world. So, while I agree it's unfair to compare. Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost. It's unfair to Scott Frost to compare Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost. Hmm. Michigan, Michigan State wins this fucking game. Harbaugh goes back to Ann Arbor with his tail between his legs. And his hot wife divorces him
0: and sleeps with me. <laughs> shoot or shoot. Uh, okay. Purdue at Purdue.
1: Crap game. This is an L this, this has L written all over it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can't listen like, like just beating Michigan state at home, beating Michigan at home, Halloween weekend. We get to keep Paul, you know, I'm sure Michigan fans will find an excuse somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the ref, maybe the head umpire was black and that pisses Greg Henson off. Uh, Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like going into Purdue, I mean, like we see what happens when good teams go and in, go into West Lafayette, <clears throat> you yeah. know, with expectations of, of big seasons, <clears throat> this has, this has letdown game written all over it. I mean, this just has, this has like a 20, this has 20 point out of nowhere rubbing written all over it. Which would put us in good company, obviously, with teams who just get the shit kicked out of them in West Lafayette, Indiana on a random Saturday. Yeah. Late October. So, you know. But, yeah, this has this has letdown game. Just, I mean, I, just write letdown game across. You might as well just mark it now. I mean, I don't see.
2: Where'd no, you- I, I agree with you. I think that it's kind of law of averages, too. Like, this team, they're not going to win every game. So, they, they've got to lose some games here here and there. So yeah, I definitely think that that Purdue game and plus, I don't know what time the game is, especially if it's at night, like in Michigan state athletics going to Purdue, it just doesn't, it does not end well.
0: Just, Yeah. I've got a dub. Fuck it. I'm going for it. They Mark D'Antonio had this team. They played really well a week after Michigan almost always. And, you know, obviously I'm thinking about the Iowa game last year. That was quite the opposite. But um, this is a, like a totally new Mel Tucker team. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure this is going to bottom out and just angle over my face. But um, Maryland at Michigan State, I got it as a dub. And I, I, Mike Loxley's, you know, hyped up. But, and sure, he's got two of his younger brother. But, like, I mean, they, they start out really well every year. But then they just completely shit the bed, even more than Michigan does.
1: Yeah, I I think I Maryland is I like I, Maryland's a toss up, but I ultimately think it's going to be a win. Um, you know, if if we just take if we just take my season narrative, you know they're going to be pissed off that they that they caught such a bad loss against Purdue. Um, they're going to be ready. Tucker's going to have the team ready to to run over anyone who's in front of them. And unfortunately, it's going to be the Maryland Terrapins. Um, honestly, I. You know, I I know, I know. I said in the past that you can throw out last year; it basically doesn't count for anybody. Uh, you know, like I think calling I think calling Alabama national champions last year is a little silly, but you know, whatever. Uh, I, I I just I'm not impressed with Tolua. You know, I think if Tolua was any good, that's his name, right? Tolua Bailoa.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think so.
1: I think if Toluwa was any good, uh Saban probably would have kept him. Yeah. You know, it's kinda whenever a player leads, you know, I, I it's kind of like it's kind of like this chess master Belichick situation I'm kind of going with where it's like, well, obviously like Saban didn't see something that he liked, otherwise it would have stuck with him, right? So I don't know. I I think I think this is gonna be a win.
0: I'm going to combine the next two games because I think both of them are losses until I see otherwise. Obviously Ohio state going to Columbus the week before they play Michigan that's gone well in the past that has gone well. It's been six years. It did go well. Yeah. but There's been years where it just, you know, there's, there's a 17 to 14 win and then there's a 48 to three loss. Um, I've got Penn State or, uh, I've got Ohio State and then Penn State at home losses. I, I I just don't feel good about Penn State and I don't feel good about how state. I will never feel good about that until they win it. Um, I think I don't think they're they haven't proven enough for me to think they're gonna beat Penn State for me. I think both of those two are losses and I think that's pretty much expected of the fan base is that if if they can get to a winning record or at least six wins before these two, I think we consider that a successful season.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely, I'll say not even worth even talking about because that's not going to be a loss, but um, I think Penn State, I think we can get, I mean, we honestly, we, last year we gave them a really good game. Yeah. And I th- we debuted Gruff Sparty and it was going well for a little bit and it the wheels kind of fell off. Yeah. I would like to see that game be competitive just because we compete with them for so many different recruits and they've kind of won a couple battles over us. So, just for that kind of angle at it, I think that would be just – I would love to see us kind of take it to them. Um, But, I, I, yeah, I'm checking that one up as a loss. But I think that, that that's definitely a winnable game. I think it's kind of up there with that Miami level where – lost right now, but a couple things fall in our direction. I think that we could flip that L into a dub. Yeah, I – yeah, I mean, like
1: – there, there's nothing else to say about Ohio state. Like it's not even worth wasting the oxygen on. I mean, they're, you know, until they're, they're the, they're the big 10 champions until they're not, (laughs) you know, unfortunately that's kind of, that's kind of where they're at now. You know, it's kind of until someone can knock them off the throne, then it's, it's Ohio state's conference to lose Uh, the Penn state game. I'm really interested in because like I agree, it's it's probably a loss. Like I'm I'm closer to Brett than I am you, Lucas. Like I think I I don't think it's you know, I don't think I can you can kind of carve an L into stone for Penn State, but James Franklin, you know, kind of started last year rough and and kind of ended on a high note. I think they're gonna carry that momentum over. Yeah. So I
0: So, yeah, I mean, I have them – I have them, what, eight and four? Yep, you've got eight and four. Brett, you've got seven and five. Uh, (laughs) I've got nine and three. (laughs) I'm setting myself up to look really good, or I'm setting myself up to get torched.
2: Listen, Lucas, I think we're both going to be in that situation. I think me, based off my Twitter feed and you with your predictions, um, either – They're going to be building a statue of uh, MSU devotee outside Spartan stadium. (laughs) There's going to be the master spin zone going on.
0: Oh yeah. I'm ready. And I'm going to put the graphic up. I'm going to recruit CC's medium house to uh, do the graphic. So before we, before we take off, um, Alan Holler officially announced as athletic director. What today? Basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Today was the official announcement. Um, I've seen pretty much nothing but praise. And I've seen a couple of the, uh, the old friendly Facebook people, you know, put race into the equation, all that stupid shit. But I think we agreed. I don't know if it was you and I SD, but I think like it was me and Carter or me and um, uh, Dylan, you know, we were perfectly fine with this hire. And I, I am really looking forward to the future MSU athletics with the, with this guy, with this guy at the helm. I think it, It's an internal hire and people didn't like it, but fuck it. I think it's a home run.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think in terms of kind of who the main targets were, I think it was either – it was always going to be Haller versus either Heather Like from Pittsburgh or Martin Germain from UCLA. So I think that kind of – once they started going through the interview process, it wasn't going to work out with Like. I know Germain, there were uh, a few – in order to even talk to him, you would have to present him a contract – that he could have signed at the moment. So I know that that was kind of in play. Um, so, yeah, I think getting Haller, I mean, he has – the main thing is is he has the support of all the alumni base. Yeah. And the alumni base comes money, and with money comes success. So I think that that's ultimately what's going to lead him to be a really good AD for this program. I, You know,
1: like, I think for – for for the type of situation the Michigan State Athletic Department is in right now um, and kind of has been in for the past almost decade now. Uh, I, I think hiring internally is always is always a smarter move than finding someone on the outside, right? And you know, Alan holler, uh, he, he played here. He, you know, he went to school here obviously because he played football here. Um, he really understands the campus and the culture well. And I think as, as we're finally starting to, to, you know, kind of get some of the momentum back that we lost from, from the, from everything that happened, you know, in 2015, 2016, I, I think, I think he was probably the right hire. Uh, Jarman would have been, would have been the home run, like no doubter, like grand slam, Uh, walk-off, Game 7 World Series, bottom of the line, two outs, you know, like just heroic hire. But with our board of trustees, we never would have made that happen. I mean, they would have been – they would have talked themselves to death (laughs) about it. I mean, so I'm glad Stanley kind of took the bull by the horns here uh, and just said, look, this is the guy I want. Just fucking get it done and, you know – I I'm, I love the hire. I'm excited to see what what he can do for for Michigan State Athletics, and you know, hopefully, he can bring back swimming.
0: Oh, uh... <laughs> I'll, 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 before, before we talk about what Brett has, uh, I on the Facebook group, I or on the <coughs> uh, posts from I think MSU football or basketball about hiring Alan Holler or, or promoting him, someone was. <laughs> was like perfect time to bring back the swim and dive team and i think i just said zero revenue program isn't coming back go go swim in a kiddie pool
2: <laughs>
0: I, I haven't looked at the response but i'm sure it didn't go well um why pay for a pool
2: the red seer is free <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> oh so what what brett what were you teasing earlier before we take off on this fine wednesday evening
2: yeah, so we'll give a bacon Wire exclusive here. So really kind of what we've been doing is I know I did a giveaway for the Youngstown State game where we raised some money for charity. Which is awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, so Zangio and I were doing that for the Nebraska game. So I was thinking for the AD hire, since we have a new AD now, I want to do something where we kind of put donations towards the uh, Spartan Fund because I know that kind of Heller's pet project here is going to be to um, – really rebuild the facilities and kind of get the, get the ball moving there. So um, we're going to be giving away some tickets to an upcoming game. I'm, I'm going to try to do it for the Michigan game just so we can kind of get as many people as possible. So we'll do that. Um, and I'll match donations up to $500 to the Spartan fund. So we'll try to get the, these facilities rebuilt here and start gaining ground on these programs like Ohio state and Georgia and little old Clemson so that, that's kind of that's kind of what we'll be doing here. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of tweet that out in the next couple of days. But yeah, it's bacon wire head at first, like usual.
0: Awesome. I I love that your your passion, Brett. Your passion cannot be faked. That is no, uh, as the kids <laughs> say, no cap to that. Like absolutely. Like you like that's that's incredible. I'm definitely gonna donate. Um, yeah. Like so, if you're listening. Follow him at at Odell Bredham Jr. on Twitter. He brings it. He is he is a the best non-paid MSU PR person on Twitter, and it just honestly like your feed like gets me gets me pumped. Like just makes me happy to be an MSU fan. I'm not I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just saying like, man, I love MSU Twitter, and like, just yeah, we have our moments. We all have our moments, but like yeah man, that, that shit just makes me so happy. Like the community is like, is so great. And like, even though Zanjo does those donations for the other thing, you know, kind of like to counter people's trolls, like it's still a good thing that he's doing that. And like for you doing these giveaways that just brings us more attention, brings us more attention as a fan base, but like just it's, it's doing good no matter what, no matter what the outcome is. Like, people are happy to donate even if they don't win tickets because that's doing the right thing. And I just wanted to applaud you for that too, for like tell you in person.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. And I I think kind of the whole MSU Twitter community has just been, I mean, last year obviously was rough on everybody, but I think kind of all of us kind of coming together in one way or another uh, in whatever weird psychotic fashion it happened, I think it's been a, a net positive. So just kind of trying to, keep momentum going there and just trying to help people out any way we can and just helping these programs out. Cause the better the programs do, the more trolling we get to do, which is what Twitter is all about. And that's where we have the most fun. So that that's kind of ultimate goal here. So we'll, we'll try to do some good things here and there and try to offset some of the trolling behavior people don't like, but Hey, it's, it's all in good fun most of the time. But yeah. it, I mean, we love it. I mean, we've, we've all become friends and, I think it's it's been a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I you know, I think like you said, Brett, the pandemic's been tough on everybody. But, you know, in in some ways, I'm like almost I'm almost kind of thankful for for the pandemic, not only because I was like privileged enough to not be negatively impacted by it, but also because, you know, like I was, we were just able to like become closer as like a group and, yeah. and start this podcast. And, and, you know, I think, I think like, that's one of the only good things to come out of the pandemic. Cause I think a lot of people kind of explored new outlets to express themselves in ways they never would have before because they were just too busy with, with life. And you know, when life got put on pause, they, they got a, they got an opportunity and and I'm very glad I took, I took that chance and started this pod with you guys. I mean, I don't think I've ever said that sober. Uh, (laughs) So I just kind of wanted to put it out there. I, you know, I do get a little, I do get a little sappy after a few Jack Daniels. So I just, it was (laughs) it's
0: like a good escape to like talk about stuff, but then like a community formed around it and it's still there and sure we want to fix some parts of it. And you know, that's just going to take progress, but like, I'm really grateful for what we made and it's just a little small blip on the MSU Twitter radar dot, but like, you know, we had our moments and it. I'm sure some still, some moments can still come. Um, the only negative thing that I think I've dealt with through this pandemic is you assholes ripping on me for being a Rams fan. <coughs> uh, Stafford sucks, Lucas. He's not going to be yeah. any good,
1: Lucas. <laughs> it's just the beginning. He will let you down.
0: I am dreading september 12th i'm excited for them to play <laughs> but i am dreading like if stafford like gets sacked or something you're all going to be like foaming at the mouth like yes yes you're gonna uh is going to be like uh he's in dan flashes staring at a fucking shirt <laughs> like, just yes yes oh my god but i had to bring it up just just to for good fun so okay final okay i'm just gonna recap brett has Brett at Odell Brenham jr has seven and five for MSU Spartan dog 97.16 has them at eight and four <laughs> I have them at nine and three I'm I'm nervous but I'm gonna put it out there and I will spin zone or I'll just take the L and move on but um you know what no matter what our our passion for MSU cannot be faked and and uh I think no matter what we're just all ready to see some football again and like I'm excited to go to the game. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to wear my mask, you know, like like those damn liberals. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to go to the stadium and, like, to just be in that environment again. Even though it's going to feel different and it's not going to be packed, I think we're all just ready for for, for a little bit of normalcy. No, no yes, matter. Sir. Because things aren't really going the direction we want to with the country. We can still all unite for, like, three, four hours a, a, a week and and actually be there and maybe meet some of you guys or something so that's going to be something cool that we can do um but fellas brett thank you for joining us um i'm i'm going to put out the word on the bacon wire twitter about your uh donation so what i'll let i'll get in touch with you and we'll uh we'll collaborate on that and uh uh, 0.16 i look forward to the next upgrade next week Um, Yeah, maybe this one uh Maybe the
1: next one um, will probably – it'll either have 20% less or 20% more 9-11 jokes. Um, and, I'm going to take the over. Um, and,
0: <laughs> and we won't know until the podcast starts. Oh, boy. That's going to be a doozy. All right, fellas, we're out. Go green. Go white. Go
2: white.